0: petersfield's shine radio hello i'm claire
1: venice and i'm joff lacey we're on our summer holidays so we're revisiting some of the year's recordings in this week's peapod,
2: peapod. if you love petersfield i
1: love the square the
2: hangars, the
3: open house swimming pool
2: lots of fun shops then the peapod loves you
3: it's just a nice town
2: everything petersfield is in the peapod with claire venice and joff lacey
1: thank you for joining us in the peapod Welcome to the first of our summer holiday episodes where we revisit some of the wonderful people we've met and the places we've been to so far this year.
0: And to start off, we're village hopping as we recap the history of three of our local villages, Sheet, Bereton and
1: Rogate. Susie has also chosen some of her previous wild walks with one from March at Langley this week.
0: And you might find a few sprinklings of our bloopers and outtakes throughout for your entertainment and our embarrassment, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we end the Peapod with music from local musician Harrison Reese and his song "Forever Young."
2: The P stands for Petersfield.
0: Petersfield is special to me. The Peapod. As with many of the villages around Petersfield, the history of Sheet village is a long and varied one. Originally situated on the northerly edge of Petersfield, it now extends south and west towards the town. With the first mention of Sheet in a charter dated 70 AD and then in the Doomsday Book of 1086, this small village is set around the green, which is at its heart.
1: As we record underneath the iconic chestnut tree on the green... Planted in 1897 to commemorate Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, Sheet resident Vaughan Clark, who has substantial knowledge of the history of the village, joined us now. Good
4: afternoon, Vaughan. How are Hi, you? Fine, thanks. Yes, yes. Well, right.
1: Well, thank you for uh, yeah, meeting us under this lovely tree. Uh, yep. How long have you been a resident of
5: the I've village? been a
4: resident here for just 42 years. <laughs> um, and Sheet itself, um, the name of Sheet actually comes from the Saxon of... For a bog um, because of course the, the uh, important point of the village is it crosses the river it's a river crossing and that was what really gave it its importance and we had in sheet we in uh, norman times there were three mills two of which are still here uh, old mill and bridge mill are the two mills
1: now i've known i've lived in the town most of my life it is it is a lovely village we're on the green here. We've got the Queen's Head pub. Quite rowdy because it's a, it's a Six Nations afternoon.
4: Um, it's just a lovely village, isn't it? Well, looking down the street as we're standing here, you had to imagine in the 16, 15, 16 and 1700s, this would be the place for the mail coaches to come storming through here uh, at full speed. Um, Fairly narrow for mail coaches, so you wouldn't want to get in the way of one of them. Yes, because
0: that was the main road, wasn't it, from Portsmouth up to London? Came right through the village.
4: It came through the village, and the importance the importance of uh, this area is that in the 1600s it took two days to get from London to Portsmouth, and the roads were getting ba- uh, worse and worse caused by heavy ruts in the road by big horse and carts and so the government decided a good way to improve the roads was to let every village maintain its own bit of main road and if it didn't maintain it it was heavily fined and Bereton, weston and Nursted couldn't maintain their main road so they were heavily fined and they tried to put a toll on the top of Butser Hill because they said the Navy were causing all the damage and that was turned down by Parliament but in 1711 all the villages between Sheet and Portsmouth got together and it became the second toll trust road in the UK after the Great North Road and the, the toll road was set up with 57 commissioners they're um, local people of standing who could put money into the road and these... Uh, 57 commissioners had to uh, set the tolls, survey the road, put up the toll gates, appoint the toll keepers, print the toll tickets and get the whole thing going. And they did that in 18 days, in 1711, 18 days. It sounds like we need something for our roads around uh, the town at the moment, isn't it? Replace replace
1: ruts with uh, potholes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So,
4: how big is the village now? About 600 people, which is about the same size as it was uh, about 150 years ago. But of course, then Sheet was a good deal bigger in size because half the Peacefield Heath was in Sheet. Oh, Did you know that? I didn't know that. Uh, every day's a school day.
0: There you go. <laughs> now, you have spent a substantial amount of time, Vaughan, haven't you, yeah. researching the history of the village. Yes. How yes. far back have you gone?
4: I've gone back to William I's time. Most of the village was owned by uh, Durford Abbey, uh, and they were the people who cleared the farms in this area. Lord's Farm in Sheet was cleared in the 1100s by uh, Durford Abbey. So up this road here would have come Edward I was the earliest king to come through Sheet. Now let's say lots of change. There used to be a post office in the village. Used to be a post office there, the, post office yes. there, <laughs> post office round the corner. There's <laughs> lots of been post office has been in a lot of places. <laughs> and a hundred years ago they were complaining in this area, that the last post in Sheet was 7.30 at night. And it's actually disgraceful. Couldn't they wait for the post bus to come down from Borden, which came down at 8.30 at night? And 100 years later, where are we? The post is now 9 o'clock in the morning. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> and what's, what is the most interesting fact that you've come across in your, um, in your research? I suppose the most interesting fact that we've got a link with Australia. Um, when I was doing some research to find out who owned the land on which the railway is built because the railway came through in 1859 uh, I came across the fact that a Dr. Daniel Quarrier owned Heat Sheet House which as you look down Vinny Street is the house behind that big wall on the left hand side now the story goes to a, a young lad called William Chamberlain who lived down in Devon somewhere and in the very early 1800s he emigrated with his parents to what is now the area around sydney and as a young boy of eight he was kidnapped by either the captain or crew of a whaling ship they wanted uh, an extra boy aboard the ship and they didn't have one so they kidnapped him the ship had lots of barrels, part filled with oil, but in order to make the voyage to England, they needed to fill up all the barrels of oil. So they had a very, very good whaling system uh, season and filled up the barrels and set off for England. Now, it was normal for ships to gather in large groups in order to see off pirates on the way, but he, the captain was a very eccentric bloke and he decided to go on his own. And some way into the voyage... He was captured by a French privateer and the crew were captured and the captain was killed and they were all put below deck. Um, Several days later, an English frigate came on the scene and attacked the pirate ship. The uh, whalers all escaped from below deck and a big fight ensued and the young lad was actually injured with a sword. Taken aboard the frigate where Dr Daniel Quarrier was a surgeon on the frigate and he um, dealt with his wounds and also started to teach him to read and write. The ship then came to Britain, uh, the crew was paid off, and he, Dr Daniel Quirier paid for the lad to stay at his house up in Scotland, uh, he was living in Scotland at the time, and uh, fully educated him. A few years later, uh, the lad joined Dr Quare on another ship, and they went off and fought the Battle of Tangiers, which was a very bloody naval battle, Again, the ship came back to Britain uh, and uh, the crew was discharged and Dr Daniel Coirier paid for William Chamberlain to be sent to Australia as a passenger, not as a convict, on a passenger on a convict ship to Australia, where six years after he left, he was reunited with his parents. He became a great favourite of the governor of Australia who um, he attended lots of dinners and recounted his story and he went on to become... Um, Australia's most famous whaling captain uh, Dr Daniel Corrier went on to become inspector of ships and hospitals in this area and became Deputy Lord Lieutenant of Hampshire <laughs> Shall I say? That's
1: remarkable. Remarkable
4: story. a remarkable Brilliant story
0: It's yeah. <laughs> a good question John <laughs> <you>.
1: <laughs> So Vaughan thank you very much right. for joining yeah. us today there's so much more i um, i know we could find out about sheep yeah, yeah. and maybe we'll come back another day and and find out please a little do. bit more
4: please do That'll thanks very much thank you vaughn
2: the p stands for
3: petersfield it's a lovely area lovely people lovely atmosphere the pod.
0: now it's no secret that joff and i have a lot of fun recording the Pods every week and meeting lots of lovely petersfield people
1: and although we sound very professional you sure? Uh, there are also times when we don't. Our wonderful editor, M. Sefton Smith, has kindly made a folder of bloopers for her and your amusement, which will be played throughout the summer peapods. Yes, there are that many. Peapod bloopers. From music and film festivals to reenacting the Battle of Trafalgar with a. From music and film festivals to reenacting the Battle. Oh, my looks. From music and film festivals to reenacting the Battle of Trafalgar with a 60 folk. Six with a 60-foot boat and water. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right. Susie revisits some of her wild walks from the year so far.
0: This week, it's one from March at Langley.
3: Good girl. We've come to Langley but done a much longer walk and discovered about three houses that are completely out on their own and rain's very happy aren't you because they we've met so many dogs and people it's really extraordinary for us but it's a Sunday and a beautiful Sunday and you know I don't normally mention geopolitical situations but we all know about Ukraine and I think we're all Feeling very much for them, and one of the things I think it's done, and talking to friends, I think it's the same, is we're really appreciating what we have here. We are so lucky. Um, and it's a blue, blue sky. People are much friendlier and we stopped and chatted more than I think we generally have done since the pandemic. And I love to see people happy with their walking, and I think just being out here is is certainly good for our mental health. And it is affecting. But it really was just wanting to share with you the, the joy. It's, it's kind of wrong. It's that dichotomy, isn't it? It's, I feel wrong to feel joy, but I totally do. But looking at this wonderful planet that we have and just thinking we, we really all need to protect it because, well, it's just the best thing there is. We're so lucky. And we're so lucky. To sort of even live where we do in our tiny way and have such wonderful walks all around us which is what I try to celebrate every week as you know. So we've met a five-month-old little black Labrador called Benji who is tremendously sweet, Rain's very good with puppies and uh, tolerates a lot of stick which often bitches don't. Um, if you can hear that sort of soft saturation that's just the trees gently swaying the Forestmere Lake is totally glistening and normally all I meet are a few sort of interns from there who are sort of making a break for freedom and chips Um, but clearly everyone today some have been actual ramblers Um, some are all sort of linked up by rope with all their sort of stay dry maps and so on it ought to be a good collective noun, actually, for a lot of walkers with mats. Maybe a gator of walkers or something like that. Um, but we're now in the, in the big Langley Field looking out. And what I love is, it, is although there are so many walkers, the common is just completely empty, apart from Richard and Rain. So I'm going to join them. We're going to go and have a drink in the pub. And life here feels as if it is returning to some semblance of normality and we are a social species and I think it is good for us to to talk so go out and chat and have a lovely week is Rain come to join me good girl are you back Rain say goodbye good girl (laughs)
2: The first ever Petersfield Walking Festival is approaching on
3: foot. This is Susie Wild. The Petersfield Walking Festival includes more than 40 guided walks around our area. And on the 27th of August, you can join me in my Labrador rain for an easy walk from Sheet to Durley Marsh and then beside the river into Petersfield. Find information about all the walks... Including Shine Radio's Wild Walk in aid of the Rosemary Foundation Hospice at Home at Petersfield Walking Festival.co.uk. Support
2: Petersfield's Shine Radio and the Rosemary Foundation in the Petersfield Walking
3: Festival. Dogs are welcome, and I hope to see you on Saturday, the 27th of August.
1: Coming up, we revisit Berriton and Rake Villages, but first, here's Claire.
6: Peapod Bloopers.
0: We end the Peapod with a new song called "Forever Young" from local artist
1: Harrison Reese. Did that sound like "Forever Young"? Can you do that a bit again?
0: What's it supposed to? It is supposed to "Forever Young." Yeah, you
1: didn't sound "Young" didn't sound like
0: "Oh, the word did young. it not? Sorry. No." We end the Peapod with a new song called "Forever Young" from local artist Harrison Reese. Am I saying that weird? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Try and say it. "Forever Young."
1: "Forever Young." Forever Young. <laughs> I'll say it one more time.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> we end the peepod with a new song called Forever Young from local artist Harrison Reese.
1: Hello Claire, how are you? I'm great thanks Geoff, how are you? I can say Forever Young, you? I'm not
0: sure I can.
1: <laughs> you made me
0: say it too many times.
1: <laughs> you, I made you think about it.
0: You did. <laughs> We end this week's Peapod with a new single called Forever Young, with local artist Harrison... <laughs>
5: You're
0: going to make me say that again, aren't you? Mm. <laughs> i said it so clearly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but you said with instead I know, of from. because
0: I've been concentrating on young. <laughs> the village of Bereton began as a Saxon settlement and has a rich agricultural and industrial heritage, with the chalk quarries and lime works to hop growing and picking and the arrival of the railway playing part of the village's history... Beryton is an attractive and historic place with a friendly and active community.
1: Boasting many cultural connections including the Bonham Carter family, Edward Gibbon, the famous historian, John Goodyear, one of Britain's greatest botanists, and local photographer Don Eads. Bereton takes great pride in its history and the Bereton Heritage Bank was launched in 2001. Chair of the Parish Council, Doug Jones, and fellow parishioner Maggie Johnson join us now. Good afternoon to you both and welcome. Hello. Hi, thanks. Thank you very much for coming along. So,
7: what is Bygone Bereton? Bygone Bereton is a bit of a strapline for our Bereton Heritage Bank, which has collected together thousands of old photographs of the uh, community over the last 10 years or so. We've got about 3,500 old photos, a number of which are credited to the great Don Eads, but many of them have been up in people's attics, old suitcases and just about to be thrown out down the tip before we uh, rescue them and piece them together to tell the story of the village over the centuries. And where, where are they housed? Um, virtually all online now, virtually all stored electronically. Anything we receive in a physical form we'll take to either the Petersfield Museum or the County Records Office in Winchester so that it's there for other people to look at anytime they want.
0: It seems a very active and proud parish council here doug how long have you been chairman of
7: it um i drew the short straw about uh, four years ago i think three or four yeah three years ago just in the run-up to covid just before anybody had heard of covid <laughs> <laughs> so i was stupid enough to put my hand up and um have uh, enjoyed this ever since in inverted commas <laughs>
0: Now you've both been members of the village, living in the village for a number of years. We had a chat just before, before How, how long have you lived here, Doug?
7: Um, well, we worked it out about thirty-six years, so a fair um, proportion of my life. And you, Maggie, twenty-four. And what is it about Berrikin that you like so much? Oh, it's a whole mix of things. I mean, it's a it's a fantastic community, both the way it looks and feels, but but as much or more than that, really, the mix of people.
8: Yeah, I agree totally with that. And this morning I was trying to get out for a walk and it took me half an hour to get out of the village. (laughs) I met so many people.
0: That's lovely. That's really nice. (laughs) There's a lot of initiatives happening in the village as well, um, particularly with the environment and and climate change. Can you shed a bit of light on on what you're doing here?
7: Yeah. it's we're a parish council that likes to try and do new things it's uh, and we're not the only one around the petersfield area there's loads of active communities around petersfield as, as you all know um but it's some in some places the parish council can end up just reacting to things that happen you know there's too much dog poo or litter or this and we try and deal with all those things but do more as well and try and involve people in in everything we do so a few years ago we've got ourselves on the map as being a a particular uh, special area for our dark night skies. Um, We've got one of ten sites in the South Downs National Park with wonderful dark skies that people can come to, come to the five bells here or the the, uh, Nest restaurant and hotel just along the road uh, and gaze at those. Um, And that led us to think, well, that means the air is pretty clear and the atmosphere is clear around here. Let's keep it that way and we've taken a number of steps into what we're calling a climate care initiative but also looking after nature and uh, particularly pollinators. Are you involved with that too
0: Maggie?
8: I am, I'm not as heavily involved as one or two other parishioners but yes, especially in pollinators and in ensuring that we do the most we can not to burn too much of our natural resources.
0: And this is something that you encourage all the villages of, of Berriton to, to try and take responsibility, isn't it, towards their environmental footprint, I suppose?
7: Yes, yeah, and we, we, we're we a bit further ahead with the, the work on pollinators. We've got together with the county council on that, and we're, we're one of six places in the county that they're, they're using as a pilot for their work. And we're trying to get individual households to think of their gardens we're trying to get the highways authority think of the roadside verges and as far as the parish council is concerned we've got a lovely large recreation ground just across the road from here and rather than mow it to death every year um, we're leaving the edges all the way around the edges great big thick wide area for the grass to grow longer and longer Uh, we'll cut it once a year and take all the cuttings away because otherwise if you leave them there the uh, soil gets too rich and fertile and all the wrong sorts of plants grow. But by leaving it growing long we're already seeing a mix of wildflowers which in turn then attract the the butterflies, the bees, the bugs and the beetles. Uh, And at our village show last year we tried to map out corridors through the village so that these little creatures could find their way from the countryside on one side of the village back out to the countryside the other side of the village uh, with some nice food and places to stay on the, on the journey in between. So, Maggie, I believe there's a village show every year.
8: There is indeed. There's a show that um, started life purely as a horticultural show. Probably gets old as the village itself. Um, And every year we continue to have lots of villagers involved bringing all aspects of their life in as much as they bring fruit and vegetable, homegrown, flowers, photographs, crafts, baking, you name it, it's there.
1: Well maybe we can do a return visit and host and run a peapod from your village show.
8: That would be absolutely brilliant, yes, love that.
7: Brilliant. August the 20th?
8: Yes, August the 20th. Oh, Saturday. <laughs>
7: Stop, <laughs> start, start growing your vegetables now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, get plantings. <laughs> and never,
9: too,
8: never too late to get stuff growing in the ground.
1: I left my potatoes too late last year, as I was told by Steve Amos.
5: Um, You've know got that? time this year. I've got time this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and with the close proximity to QE Park, obviously you get a number of visitors every year.
7: Yeah, it's great living next door to the country park, the best thing people can do, park, use their facilities there, it doesn't cost a fortune and then there's two mm. or three great walks through the countryside to end up in one of these two pubs in the village here and walk back. Mm, so. nice,
8: nice circular walk, mm. yeah, perfect. So, so going back to
0: your, your climate change initiatives in the village, what else are you doing with regards to, in addition to the, the pollinating scheme that you've got?
7: Yeah, well, we've set them off as two slightly separate initiatives. We realise that they they join seamlessly together, but by way of getting different groups of volunteers involved, um, we've started them separately. So on the climate care side of things, uh, again, the Parish Council is doing some things itself and encouraging uh, the community to do others. We've recently had a big audit undertaken of our village hall to assess... Uh, how green and energy efficient that is or isn't, and we've now got a nice uh, guide to steps that we need to take there over the next few years. Um, But one thing we've done as a parish council is recently buy a thermal imaging camera um, and that's now available for use. The first surveys were actually done earlier this week um, and Bernie and Mary might tell you a bit more about that, one of the houses that was done this week was was theirs. But the idea is that this camera will show up uh, where your house is leaking not just heat but money, um, particularly at this time when uh, energy prices are going through, well literally through the roof if you haven't got enough insulation. Um, and we're finding that there's popularity from the community to uh, have a go at that, see what. The story, what the pictures are telling, of their house, and the idea is to bring down the overall uh, footprint of the village, uh, as well as helping people with their heating bills. Interesting. Very
0: interesting. That's really interesting. I live in a three hundred and fifty-year-old house. <laughs> try to
1: think. You are, le- you are leaking money. Yeah, there's always
8: something that can be done. <laughs>
0: That's well, fascinating. Thank you very much for telling us a bit about the village and, and what's going on here.
1: Many thanks to Doug and Maggie. If you'd like to find out more about Berriton, go to berriton.org.uk. Peapod Bloopers. Susie is in Sheet this week at the Millennium Field and lot. No, I'm going to do that again. Susie... Uh, no. Susie is in... Mm. Susie is in Sheet this week at the Millennium Field and allotments with rain. Her wild walk is dedicated to sheep resident... Will Glancy,
0: sitting on the Hampshire and West Sussex border, Rogate lies midway between Petersfield and Midhurst, comprising a church, primary school, and village shop. Rogate also boasts an annual summer fete, the history of which dates back to 1268.
1: Many of Rogate's buildings in the centre of the village date back to Tudor times, and in the 16th century, Rogate was a major player in the Sussex iron industry. To tell us more about the history of the village, we're delighted to welcome Mari Rennie to the Peapod. Hello, Mari, how are you?
9: Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Wow, thank you for coming along. So, tell us a little bit about Rogate. Well, I think one of the things is that Rogate's in a very interesting position. It's the heart of the Western Weald. It lies just above the Rother and the marshland, and then the greensand hills and the deep ravine of Hartingcombe, where iron ore was found in the clay. Rogate probably developed as a medieval iron industry settlement, about 1300. It's not in the Doomsday Book, like the neighbouring Saxon villages of Stedham and Chithurst. The Weald was the industrial heart of medieval England, producing the armaments for the wars with France and Spain. This is a nice thought. Perhaps the cannons that sank the Armada came from the iron furnaces near Rogate. With the discovery of coke, of course, the iron industry moved to the coal fields of northern England and Rogate, like the rest of the area, became a simple farming community. The Church of St Bartholomew dates from about 1150, but was virtually rebuilt by the Victorians. An annual fate and flower show for many years took place near St Bartholomew's Day. That was the point of it. There was a fair, a medieval fair. The White Horse pub dates from about 1550, but sadly it closed in 2017. Attempts have been made to buy it, but Harvey's have refused to sell at the prices offered, and very sadly this listed building in the heart of the village is left deteriorating. There are two beautiful 17th century stone bridges over the Rother. From 1860 to 1960 there was a railway. A school from the 1860s, parish council from 1894, a choral society from 1908, we recently celebrated its centenary, and of course the post office, and at one time, various shops. The village is fortunate fortunate still to retain its post office and shop. A village hall was built in 1924, and from the 1950s, new housing was built at Parsonage. It became part of the South Downs National Park in 2011. Historic indecision about its route has meant there is no bypass and the centre of the village carries heavy traffic. But away from the traffic, Rogate has the banks of the Rother, beautiful views, woodlands, walks and varied countryside, wild daffodils, bluebells and the Terek Lupin Field.
0: That looping field is beautiful as well. It's absolutely stunning, Murray. Thank you for that piece of history. How long have you been in the village yourself? Well,
9: I came here in 1973, but I mean, there's not a lot of employment here. So I've been in America and I've been in London for work and then come back.
1: And what's the one thing you you love about Rogate?
9: I just think its environment is lovely, the woodlands and the natural life that's everywhere, and the river is beautiful. There's a lovely walk down to something called Blackbridge, and it's really beautiful. I used to take my dogs down there, and they'd swim and paddle, and my children at one point. (laughs) Well, it is a lovely
0: spot, and you've been instrumental in helping set up this peapod. Thank you very much for getting
9: a lot of the villages together. Thank you.
0: The P
2: stands for Petersfield. I
0: think it's an amazing place to live.
2: The Peapod.
0: pod And that's it for this week's first summer holiday Peapod. pod Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks also to Vaughan Clark, Doug Jones, Maggie Johnson, Mary Rennie and Susie Wilde, as well as to the Shine Radio team who support the show and help to put it together.
0: And although we're taking a summer break for August, we would still love to hear from you. We'll be planning our autumn podcast soon, so if you have a story you'd like us to cover or just like to say hi, please contact us. We're on 01730 555 500 for a call or a WhatsApp, or you can email team at shineradio.uk.
1: We end this week's Peapod with music from local musician Harrison Rees and his song Forever Young. Well, it had to be after those early bupers bloopers. <laughs> well it had to be after those early bloop <laughs> Well it had to be after those early bloopers, didn't it?
0: So from Jop and I this week
6: bye. bye live life to the full, carry out my dreams together. I live for the hint and now because we want to live forever. Let's take the most of every minute that we have. Our memories in our minds is like a photograph. Live life to the full, carry out our dreams together. Live for the now, stop losing sleep and don't surrender. To the past, let it lead the way, not hold you back. If tomorrow we'll never makes it here At least we'll have that Will we dance in the rain Or sing under the stars Hear the music we're playing Like a thousand guitars Run over the sand wash the waves, wash along Let's go up
5: Stay forever young, forever, forever, forever young,
6: forever, forever, forever young. Live life to the full. Carry out our dreams together Live for all the here and now Cause you want to live forever Let's make the most of every minute that we have And keep our memories in our minds Just like a photograph Will we dance in the rain? You'll sing under the stars. Hear the music we're playing, like a thousand guitars. Run over the sand, watch the waves wash along. Well, let's grow up, but let's stay
5: forever. Forever.
2: petersfield walking festival is approaching on foot
3: this is susie wild the petersfield walking festival includes more than 40 guided walks around our area and on the 27th of august you can join me in my labrador rain for an easy walk from sheet to dirley marsh and then beside the river into petersfield find information about all the walks including Shine Radio's Wild Walk in aid of the Rosemary Foundation Hospice at Home at Petersfield Festival.co.uk.
2: Support Petersfield's Shine Radio and the Rosemary Foundation in the Petersfield
3: Walking Festival. Dogs are welcome, and I hope to see you on Saturday the 27th of August.